up, everybody, and welcome to the Hook One Pod. We're here at Hook One Bait and Tackle in Marine City, Michigan. I'm Pete. And I'm Louie. And today we're going to talk a little bit about safety first. We got temperatures dropping. We got water temperatures dropping. And honestly, the fish is the fishing's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good right now. So we're, I mean, walleye, musky, smallmouth, uh, guys are smashing perch, bluegill. Uh, guys are catching double-digit sturgeon that are sturgeon fishing. So it, the fishing is really starting to pick up everywhere and should stay pretty consistent. But that means that we got to be careful on the water. We got to keep track of ourselves and keep track of one another out there um, so we can avoid tragedies and losing people on the water because, unfortunately, it happens every year. Yeah, it seems like every year we lose a couple people in the colder months in the river. But, I mean, as long as you're being safe and aware of your surroundings, it seems like you can usually stay pretty safe. But, you know, it's always when you're not expecting it. Yeah, and I think we're going to touch on um, a little bit of everything from launching the boat, showing up at the launch on an icy morning, uh, all the way to getting your boat out on the water and then getting yourself back in because, unfortunately, you know, with fall comes changing weather as well and changing winds, and, and that can just be devastating. It can bring in storms quickly. Uh, and like we said, with, with colder water temperatures, it's not something that you can really afford to play around with. No, not at all. You always have to be in your A game. But – if you can get out there and you can get out there safely, I mean, the duck hunting and the fishing right now, this this is what living on, living on and around Lake St. Clair is all about, is this the, the next couple months. Yeah, this is the time of the year where uh, basically I'm never home. I'm always hunting or fishing as long as the weather bites uh, me, but this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So really, we'll start with before you even leave the house. Before you leave the house, you got to make sure that you run through your boat again, just like you do before you head out in the spring. You got to run through it again in the fall. Make sure you got your flares. Make sure you got your whistles. Make sure you got your um, marine radios. Guys, those are super important. Whether it's a walkie-talkie or something you mount in your boat, have a marine radio. Um, make sure people can get a hold of you. Make sure you've got life jackets in there. Make sure everything on the boat is good. Make sure your plugs are in. You know, all it, I know it all sounds like simple stuff, but it's got to be taken care of. Yeah, one thing I started to do is, it might sound stupid, but I always carry an extra pair of clothes in the boat. Um, if you do go in, I would just get your clothes off as fast as possible and get new clothes on so you're not soaking wet on the ride back, and then kind of take it from there. That's a great point. An extra pair of clothes and an extra jacket and extra bibs, those are something that I always have in the boat. I yeah. just think... For the little amount of room it takes up, what it could help you with, hopefully you never have to use it. Yeah, I just keep it in a little duffel bag, and it's always in the corner of my boat. I never take it out. So, I mean, you really don't even know it's there until you need it. Right, and then all of a sudden you fall in the water or, you know, you're getting duck hunting and you miss the layout boat. <laughs> We've seen people do that. So, And you got to get changed but because you don't want to, you know, once hypothermia sets in, that's a whole other scenario. And a lot of the times when we're out in the lake, it's not like the launch is right around the corner. Yeah. It's usually a good ways away. Another thing that I really highly suggest, um, you can get them online. Uh, you can get them at a lot of like auto parts stores, but at least a pair of jumper cables. But really, you should have some sort of jumper battery on the boat just in case, you know, your battery dies. Basically, you throw the throw the jumper battery on the charger just like you would um, any of your electronics the night before you're heading out. Throw that thing in the side of the boat, in the bottom of the compartment, wherever. I keep mine right up in the center console. But if your main battery dies for whatever reason, and honestly, fishing a lot of the times in the winter, uh, that's when your battery is going to get tested the most. How 
how it can handle, you know, all the volts that it's using, but at the same time handle the cold weather. So if your battery goes down, you don't want to be left out there. You can run jumper cables from your trolling motor um, to your main battery. I highly suggest just keeping a jumper battery in there. I think that would, would best suit you and honestly be the best. Uh, I don't know really what most reliable, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as you have a backup, you should be good in most cases, but you never really think you're going to need a backup battery until it happens. So just make sure you're prepared, basically. I've had it happen when I've been on the water and I've had to use it. And I've had it happen where I haven't checked everything before I left the house. Yeah. I get to the launch and all of a sudden the battery's dead. So it's like, you know, either throw the boat back on the trailer and call it a day, but that's no fun. So you throw the battery jumper on there, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. You know, once you start the motor, you're good to go. It'll start charging it again. Yeah. Make sure you guys have a working bilge pump too. That's a big one. Yeah. I know as a charter boat captain, we actually have two in our boat. We have one automatic and then one manual. You guys have to make sure your bilge pump works for whatever reason. If a rivet comes loose, if the hull yeah. cracks, like if you forget to put the plug in, I know it sounds stupid. I know we've all done it. Yeah. So having a working bilge is essential to be able to get the water out of there fast because most of you guys know you can't get under your boat very easy. There's a very small compartment yeah. back by the outboard or whatever it is, and that's not going to work. So make sure your bilge is running. And, again, that's another thing, making sure your batteries are charged. Yeah. It's always funny when somebody forgets to put the plug in in the summertime and you got to jump in, put it back in. Everybody laughs about it. But when it's, it's funny until it's you. Yeah, when it's <laughs> cold out, it's a, it's a little bit different. Oh, it's a whole different ball game. I remember when I first uh, – when I first started running my own, my own, uh, what was that? A Lund. Um, one of the first times we got out, we were so excited. I had like four other friends in the boat and we were running. All of a sudden we get to the spot. I slow it down. Water comes rushing up under the floorboards up from the back of the boat. My dumb ass just never put the plug, never put yeah. the plug in, but it's one of it. It's early March when that happens. Yeah. Right. So I'm not jumping out of the boat to put the plug in. So I actually was able to reach my hand in there and put it in from the back after typically when that happens, I put the boat on plane yeah. and just start shooting that water right out the back. But yeah. if it fills up too much, that's might not be an option for you. Yeah. I remember one time I was fishing a tournament with my dad and his friend and we made it from Marysville to Port Huron. And we were sitting in the water for about five minutes, halfway through our drift before the floorboards started just floating up and it was kind of like uh, what's going on until we realized uh village home's been running for like a long time so somebody had to take their jacket all their clothes off put it back in dry off and then get all their clothes back on but it's not fun no not at all so once you make sure all your stuff's working in, in order you're gonna head to the launch once you get to the launch you kind of got to assess the situation right a lot of the times if you get there early in the morning, it's going to be below freezing temperatures. And if there's been guys that have been in before you, that launch is going to be slick. I know one of us usually always carries a thing of cat litter or like a thing of sand in the sand. back of the truck. Sandbags are pretty cheap too. So yeah. I always keep one in the back. Yeah. And you can usually just toss sand down over the ice and it'll give your tires some tractions. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it doesn't sound common, but I've seen it three times in the last five years. The truck just slide backwards. A truck just slide yeah. backwards into the launch. Uh, and I know that you always think, oh, well, you know, that that can't be me. But it, it will be you, uh, especially if people have been using that launch. There's a lot of ice on there because you're just really getting layers of ice. The first guy 
you know, drops water, it freezes over. The second guy drops water on that first layer of ice, it freezes over. So once once you start sliding and you're going downhill, you can't stop. Yeah. Another thing I started to do, it would have been this year, I think. This year or last year, I started leaving an ice spot in the back of my truck. So if you're launching in like a bay and the bay is frozen over, instead of just backing your boat into it, cracking your headlights and banging your outboard into the ice, just kind of staying on the back of the boat, go slow if you have somebody with you, and just kind of hit all around you so you're not banging your stuff up. Yeah. It sounds... You're touching on something totally different. There's, yeah, but... There's a select few that of uh, fishermen around here that do do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Break ice and get out there. We're, we're a few of them, and we know that there's a lot out there on Lake St. Clair yeah. that'll get out there to troll, and we know there's a lot of guys in the river that'll get out there to chase some salmon and the big walleyes. Yeah. That's some of my favorite time to fish is when the ice is coming down. But yeah, when there's when when the launch is frozen in or there's like a thin layer of ice, that that's a totally different animal. You definitely unless you got the old uh what is that you had? The old 16 foot polar craft yeah. that you can just ram into the ice shelf. I I suggest having probably an ice spud. I don't suggest ramming um the boat through the ice a ton. But let's be honest, if the fish are snapping, yeah, we're going through the ice. Yeah, it's We've all been there. I wouldn't say all of us, but me and Pete have been there. Yeah. And it's, so that, not the, it's not the best sound in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a full live well is one of the best sights in the world. That's true. So, anyway, when you get to the launch, that's the first thing you need to check is how, you know, are there any trucks in the lot and where they've been launching? Um, the other thing is a lot of places, um, at least around here especially, a lot of places pull their docks yeah. as the water gets colder. So, You've got to think about that if you're launching by yourself and there might only be one dock or if you're launching by yourself and there's no docks, um, it's going to be tough to do. I typically don't suggest fishing by yourself really in the, in the fall and winter. I think you got to have someone with you. Just enough. Uh, it's another person being there with you. If something goes wrong, there's someone else there to help you. I think fishing in pairs. Um, obviously, not only do I think it helps because you can bounce ideas back and forth, yeah. but I think it, it's – it's a safety thing as well for me. I always like going out two or three guys when the water starts dropping. Yeah, at least try and get one more person out there with you. Two is ideal, but, um, I mean, as long as there's somebody else out there with you, you should be you should be good, but going in by yourself is not good. No, it's not ideal. And, you know, on that, with the launches being icy and stuff, guys, just have patience. I know it's frustrating. I know everybody wants to get out on the water. But let's be honest, we don't want our truck sliding in the water, so we don't want someone else, yeah. their truck sliding in the water or their, their trailer sliding back. It's just one of those things, if, if you're that much of a hurry, then get there a little bit earlier or, you know, go off to the side. But to rush someone and to, to do that kind of stuff at an icy launch or to have someone running down the launch of their boat, slip yeah. and fall on the concrete, it's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth the 10 minutes you're going to get. No, it's not a race once you get to the – the launch in the morning. It's so cold. Those fish are going to be snapping all day, most likely, no matter yeah. what. Really, no matter what you're targeting. Yeah, just take your time. It's not worth it. Another thing is, is when you guys are, when it's cold out, you guys are netting fish or flipping fish in the boat. Watch where the, the water goes, because eventually you're going to turn into ice. Just kind of take your time. I fell on my ass a couple of times. Um just from flipping fish in the boat and all the water and slime turns to ice and you're not you're not ready for it at all when you turn around and walk back to go make another run. 
Yeah, once you get out on the water, guys, that's that's going to be a whole other thing because once you start netting fish and catching fish and there's water and slime in the boat, like my boat, um, personally, I know mine's all vinyl. I know yeah. a lot of guys have carpet. Um, I see a lot of, like, the newer fiberglass boats. They have, like, the aqua traction of the yeah. sea deck, that, like, foamy material. Um, that stuff doesn't slip as bad. Our vinyl does slip pretty bad. So, one, I suggest getting a good a good boot. One that's not only going to keep you warm, but it's also going to have some traction to it so you're not slipping all over the place. And then the other thing is, like Louis said, pay attention to where, you know, where you're netting fish or where fish are coming in the boat because those are going to be slippery. And we've heard stories from people going to net fish and falling out yeah, all the way to guys starting their boats, you know, while they're standing up, and then they just slip down because of the slime. Yeah. And now the boat's just going. Yeah. And – you're down there looking like the walleye you just caught. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Not pretty at all. I've had a couple of times actually where I was out, me and a couple of buddies. It was probably pushing like late December. It was after Christmas for sure, but I don't think it was January yet. There was ice floating past us everywhere, and we were doing pretty good catching fish. I went to go set the hook, and I stepped right where I flipped the fish probably two minutes ago. Slid all the way to the back of the boat on my ass. <laughs> it, it was not fun. Uh, but it happens. It I mean, if if the boat's slippery, uh, you're not going to have much of a choice once you start slipping. And especially once you're out there, you know, we're out there trolling. And when it's rocking out there and it's wavy and you're standing on the back of the boat going to net a fish, if you're on some ice and that your foot slips, good luck, man. Yeah. The only thing you can really do about that to prevent it is kind of pay attention. Yeah. Maybe not put the net in the water and then throw all the water and maybe let the net sit outside the boat for a second or two. Let some of the water drain. Get the fish out of the net. Get the hook out of the fish. Maybe even just hang the net over the side of the boat. Have like a little holder for it and then grab it so you're not throwing water everywhere. But I think that also leads to... You know, another thing that I like always having in my boat right next to the clothes and stuff is a towel or two. Yeah. Like a beach. I always have one. I always have a hand towel. Yeah. Just dealing with when we're dealing with minnows or when we're dealing with crawlers or just anything really in general, bloody fish. Um, I always have the hand towel, but it's always nice to have a couple of the bigger towels because if you do get like a really wet spot, right, or, you know, you're out there walleye trolling and you land a freaking huge muskie and you're pumped. But that thing is going to be slimy and there's going to be a lot of water in the boat. Instead of just trying to rinse it off or do whatever, you know, just throw the towel down there. It's already a crummy towel. Throw it, wash it by itself or whatever, yeah. you know, but it's going to help you. And it's something that's not going to take up a ton of room. Yeah. One thing I started doing a couple years ago is I went to Cabela's and bought, it's like, I think like $30. They're basically just neoprene gloves that go up to like your elbows. And you drop something in the water. I drop out rod. They're almost water. like a decoy glove. Yeah. Like for, so for all you guys that duck hunt and waterfowl hunt, it's basically a decoy glove. It's like a waterproof glove, right? Yeah. That goes up to your elbow. Yeah. And when you're handling fish and taking the fish out, I've dropped my rod in the water a couple of times. I mean, not like I'm not too, but. Not surprised. I mean, having like <laughs> one of those waterproof gloves there is, it doesn't seem like it makes that big of a difference, but it, it really does. It saves you from getting wet. No, it does because your fingers and your toes are typically what go first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially handling fish and stuff, your fingers. Like I typically like to have two or three pairs of gloves, like the really light pairs yeah. of gloves, you know? Yeah. But not the wool ones. No, do not get them. Those are stinger hook magnets. Yeah. Guys, if you take one thing out of this podcast, do not. Do not. 
wear the small wool gloves out there fishing. It's a nightmare. Yeah. There's yeah. if you get a hook within like two feet of it at any point in the day, I can promise you it's gonna end up in the glove by the end of the day. No, not even the end of the day. It's gonna end up in your glove on that drift. Yeah, probably. And walleye teeth will end up in that glove and other lures will end up. That's it. We're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Do not wear them. Um, but anyway, that is something important to have is the gloves. And like I said, the boots and the foot warmers, because those are what's going to get cold first. But like we said, if you can withstand those cold conditions and you can be out there safely, you're going to have, you're going to find some success on the water. Yeah. And then as far as gear goes, I would try and, I mean, as much as possible, make sure the majority of your stuff is waterproof. Um, as the day goes on, the more you flip fish, the more you handle fish, the more, I mean, you're on the water, you're going to get wet no matter what. I can't emphasize enough, like how important it is, uh, one to dress properly on the water. Like we see on our charters all the time that, you know, people show up in the, in the late, in the, uh, <clears throat> late, in the early spring with like a hoodie on or some sweatpants yeah. and stuff. And that's why one, why I always carry extra jackets in the yeah. boat. Um, so one, dress properly because it, always assume it's going to be colder out there. Um, but the other thing is that I really do suggest is you you take the time and you find a suit that you like, um, whether it's the Striker Ice. We use the AFCO Hydronauts. Personally, I love those. Yeah. I've used Striker. Um, Striker's great. The Frabel ones are great. The Bass but, Pro 100-mile per hour suits. I heard those are pretty good suits too. Yeah. So find yourself a good suit that you like. Um, we actually have a couple here at the shop too, but find yourself one that's not only going to keep you warm, but it's going to keep you dry and it's going to keep the wind off you. Um, because that way you won't have to cut your day short. And like I said, you can always take it down, right? I mean, I always wear the insulated jacket and the insulated bibs yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And then if I got a shell down, then I'm just wearing bibs and a hoodie. If I got a shell down after that, then it's jeans and a hoodie. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's not often because it's always... It's always going to be colder on the water than it is in your driveway. Yeah, hundred percent. It's every. Time. It's colder. It's colder on the river than it is on our dock, which doesn't even make any sense. No, but not. we're not on like the, you know, we're just off to the side in the yeah. bell, and it's like it makes a difference just going out to the big water. So, I, I really can't emphasize that enough. Make sure you are dressing appropriate with, and I do suggest finding jacket and bibs. I know they're expensive, but I mean the suit. The suit I had before this one, I had for almost six years. And yeah. this one's going on like three, three and a half. I mean, they're nasty. They get slimy, but shit, you take care of them. They do the job. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much to rinse them off at the end of the day either and just hang them up. Mine's, mine's lasted a long time. I finally got a new pair this year, but I mean, they do last a long time. So it's worth every penny. Yeah. Especially yours is. No yeah. slime on it. Yeah, right. fish on it. But anyway, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah, I see that. Um, so gloves, socks, dress appropriate. I feel like a mom out here preaching this stuff. Yeah. But seriously, I, I I see the stories every year. You hear them all the way from Lake Erie up to Lake Huron um, of, of just tragedies that could have been prevented that should have been prevented. You know, nine times out of ten, I would assume these guys are doing the right thing. But that's what I mean is that one time, if you just take it for granted or, you know, oh, it couldn't be me, then that's going to make all the difference in the world. And that's going to affect, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, it's 
I can't say enough. It's always when you're not expecting it is when everything goes bad. Um, and it could be anything. Like we said, it could be anything from the cold weather to the cold water temperatures. We were at we our water temperature, just to put it in perspective a little bit, our water temperature was at about 62 degrees two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and when we were out yesterday on the lake, it was 48 degrees. So it's dropped significantly, you know, in two weeks. And yesterday was beautiful out. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think anything of it. But if you were to fall in at 48 degrees, you know, you guys were out bass fishing, we were out musky trolling. Especially us. If you're if you're out there trolling and you fall in the water and the boat's going one way and you're going the other. Yeah, it's it's not good. Bad news bears. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not good at all. So and that goes to, you know, you should always have the throwable out on your boat. I know it's just a seat cushion. Use it as a seat cushion. Have the throwable out in case you gotta throw it. Also, guys, always have a plan. I know us as charter captains, we have to have a plan on the boat of what to do if someone's to fall overboard. Have a plan on your boat. I know, I know it seems lame as you guys are heading out, you know, hey, just in case anything happens. But like we said, it that might be the difference between someone getting the life ring out or getting that throwable out and not getting it out. You know, is, is your buddy that isn't out on the boat, now he knows the plan. He doesn't spend a lot of time out on the boat, but now he kind of knows what to do. Yeah. And speaking of plans, um, you can always throw out your fishing plan. You know what I mean? They call them float plans, fishing plans you know, your day plan, whatever it is, you know, text it to one of your loved ones, put it out on Facebook in a, in one of the groups that you're in, whatever the scenario, let them know where you're going out fishing, what kind of boat you're in, what time you're launching, what time you hope to be in just so they know if something happens, then they, they at least have somewhere to start looking for it. You know, like where you were fishing or where you launched as opposed to just being out there trying to find the boat. Yeah. Is I know everybody's got their secret spots, but fishing around other boats, I mean, depending on the time of the, I wouldn't say that, but fishing around other boats when it's colder out is always a good idea too. Um, I mean, your boat breaks down, your motor stops working, and you guys are probably going to be one of the only ones on the river if there's ice coming down with you and you're the only boat out there. It's It's kind of tough to get a hold of somebody to get their boat out on the river most of them are put away so but that's right that's why the plans are so important right let let fine and like you said i know some of you guys really have some good spots so don't tell anyone where you're fishing just at least tell them where you're launching say hey i'm heading to marine city i'm launching to marine city and i'm heading north uh i plan on being up there the whole time because then that gives them an idea hey you launched you ran north and now all of a sudden the current's going to start taking you and they can start putting together time of day. Uh, and a lot of this stuff is really important, too, out on the lakes. Like, you know, I know a lot of the river guys are getting ready to head down to the lakes and start doing some trolling, whether it's the guys that are brawling and slamming down in Erie or it's the guys, you know, working out the boards in Lake St. Clair, all the guys that are out there musky trolling. So have a plan and let let your guys know your plan. If you have other guys out on the water, you know, be in contact the whole time. Hey. How you guys doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Yeah. That's it. Just something as simple as that. Yeah, that's all it takes. It doesn't take much. No, because as many as many tragedies that we talked about and that we that we hear about, there's way more success stories and, you know, quote unquote miracles, but the reason they were done is because those guys took the the proper methods, whether it was, you know, hey, here's the plan if someone goes in. Here's the plan if we start taking on water. 
here's the plan for us going out fishing. Yeah. Just being prepared, you know, that goes a long way. Yeah. Having a game plan is, is really is really key. As long as somebody knows where you're at, just one person. Just one that can get to you. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen, though, right? Nothing's going to happen. Nope. Because you'll do the safety. You'll take your safety precautions and all that good stuff. And to be honest with you guys, it's also good to go through your boats because as the winter rolls on, there's a lot less pleasure boaters out there, right? Yeah. But the Coast Guard doesn't go away. The Border Patrol doesn't go away. The police force doesn't go away. So they're still going to be pulling you over. You're going to be more likely to get pulled over. You're gonna I, was, I, was, I was tied off up at the shop the other day. Louis was laughing at me. I, I told him it was coming. It was coming. We, were, we got checked. But it doesn't matter because we had everything in the boat that we needed, right? If you get pulled over and you don't have what you need, that's a ticket and your day's over. You're heading back in. So just run through that checklist. It doesn't take long. It would take maybe an hour max just to make sure everything, you know, is there and taken care of. Yeah. As long as you have everything or not, they shouldn't give you a hard time. Be respectful at the launches. Be patient. Carry sand. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're heading to the launch, carry sand. Not only will it help you, it'll help other people out. And if you forget your sand, maybe someone else will have sand for you. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not expensive by any means, so... Well, not only that, it doesn't expire, right? Yeah. Throw the sand in the back of your truck as long as you got some sort of cover or cap. Or salt. Like salt? I salt mean, salt. Good. Yeah, salt. If you're looking out for everybody else, too. Salt melts ice. Look it at does. that. Yeah. Get a bag of salt. Unless too. it's super cold. Sand and salt. Then you're all set. There you go. You're ready to conquer anything. And. The reason that we're doing this safety video is because the fishing is that good coming up. Like we told you, I mean, we're getting into limits of walleye. Uh, we've, we've been hearing of some monster musky days. I did not have that luck the other day. Um, we have had some very good luck out at bass fishing. Perch fishing has been off the hook. Yeah. So, like we said, the sturgeon. Duck sturgeon hunting. bite's been really good. Duck, duck hunting. It's getting there. Duck hunting's been pretty good. We've been having some weather. I don't really know shit about waterfowl hunting. It's going to get there after this week, guys. I just so. knock them dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, waterfowl hunting, though, that's that's taking safety to a whole other precaution. I mean, when you're out on the water before the sun and you're heading off the water once the sun sets, I mean, that that's a whole other thing. And you're getting in the water chasing ducks. You've got to be careful and you've got to be crazy. Yeah, you, it takes a different level of person to go after it, but it's good know, for you. It's good for you half the time. So, guys, I mean, I really hope this. I really hope this podcast helped out. I know it wasn't the the most fun. I know there wasn't a lot of jokes. I know there wasn't a lot of. Um, I don't know. Some of you might not call it important content, but I think a lot of this stuff needs to be taken care of. I wish people would have told me this earlier on. Uh, I, I made some pretty dumb decisions when I was younger as far as going out alone and, you know, not checking the plug. Yeah. But but seriously, I wish I wish that someone was like, hey, you know, you need to take care of this because I've seen it happen with people close to me. I've seen it happen with people close to my friends. Uh, and I don't want to see it to any, I don't want to see it to happen to any of you. I don't want to see it to happen to any of your family members. I sure as hell don't want to see it happen to Louie. So this whole time I've really just been preaching to him to make sure he takes care of his shit. Yeah. 
But seriously, Louie, if there was like a top three, you know what I mean? Like like some things that you've got to make sure that are taken care of and and things that, you know, you they cannot go wrong. So like for me, one thing you've got to have in the boat is the radio. Yeah. Whether it's the handheld walkie-talkie or the one that you can mount right into your uh, stereo system. Yeah. I think you have to have a radio that can get to not only the Coast Guard, but a lot of times, like a lot, I notice on a lot of Facebook fishing pages, um, guys that are going out will say what channel they're tuning their thing into. Yeah. They'll not only will they bounce fishing reports back and forth, but they'll bounce weather back and forth. Um, and if someone needs help, then you can always tune into that channel and get to them. So always have a radio on board. Yeah, I would say my top three would be definitely make sure you have sand or salt. Um, I've watched a lot of guys. I say a lot of guys. Like it seemed like it was almost every trip I'd watch a, a truck slide at least a couple feet down the boat ramp. And yeah, it, it like they of, don't go under. We're not no. saying they go under, but their it, tailpipe goes under. It'll scare you. It definitely <laughs> will. It's I've not, seen I've seen some get stuck. You know, yeah. going to pull the boat out. The boat's so heavy, and they're just sitting there spinning yeah. them. So sand and salt's a good one. Um, make sure you have a throwable. Um, and make sure you're fishing with somebody else. Don't fish alone. It's not worth it. As good as the fishing is, it's really not worth it. No, and, and I mean, we, we fish. I would say we fish often, and there's a lot of guys out here that fish daily. Yeah. Right? And they fish daily alone. So there's obviously circumstances in which you can know what you're doing. Like, to be honest with you, I would feel totally fine, you know, launching at the shop and heading up to wherever, heading up to St. Clair, down to Algonac, and jigging the river by myself and getting back, you know, just weather permitting, obviously. But I can guarantee you I won't go out to Lake St. Clair on a trolling trip or go out, you know, to the middle of the lake and start musky fishing. Yeah. Alone. Uh, there's yeah. no way. It's it's all time and place and scenario. Yeah, I mean, if you're going out for a short trip, a couple miles from the launch, I mean, I mean, let's be out right now. Yeah, right now, there's. I mean, we're teeing off on them. You could probably launch. Yeah, you could probably launch and be back within the hour, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and honestly, we've been lucky. We, besides, for literally right now, it's blowing like forty miles an hour out there. The river is mad, mad. Yeah, it's not um, but we've had really good weather, so you've been able to do that. But it's those trips that we're talking about because I, I just I know what time of year it is. I know, you know, I have a pretty good idea of a lot of people that listen to this. So I know we have people that are doing the walleye slam. I know we have people that are doing the fall brawl. I know we have people that are doing the derbies for the Lake St. Clair, you know, and they're out on the lake. Those are the ones that, that I'm more worried about, even though I know I shouldn't be because the river is just as dangerous. But the, it's harder to get to you on the lake way harder it's way harder to find you too in lake st Clair, guys is a beast anyone that's been out there and anyone that fishes it knows it it's not deep there's it's it's all flat so you're just it's choppy it's very very tough on your boats uh it can be tough on you you know running in the cold water you're going to be wet you're going to be cold so it this is all stuff that you've really got to take into consideration because it's always going to be oh well that you know, it sucks it happened to them, but it can't be me. You yeah. know, it's always going to be that until it's you or someone you know. Yeah, it seems like the weather always picks up a little bit faster in the wintertime than it does in the summertime, and it's nothing to play around with at all. Absolutely. And, I mean, I know guys that are out there all the time. Some of the, you know, some of the best fishermen I know that put in a ton of time 
have been put in situations that have been scary due to weather. Yeah. You know what I mean? A storm is blown in and it's, it's kind of knocked them off their route completely or, you know, the wind kicks up. I've been out there. I've been out in the lake when the wind kicks up and it's coming all the way across the lake and you don't have time. No. You know what I mean? You don't have uh, two more casts. You don't have two more casts. Get your ass back because it's picking up. You know what I mean? There's been times I've been in Canada, just me and a couple buddies, just catching fish, having fun. And it goes from being zero waves, zero ripples on the water to, I mean, two footers. And like, it seems like, like the snap of your fingers and then it's just getting worse from there. And so. what would you say? That's what, eight miles out, 10 miles out? Um, It depends Less. where you launch, but it's probably around 12 miles. From- so you're looking at, you're looking at anywhere. I mean, if you found fish close to shore, you're looking at anywhere from, let's just say five to five to 10. Eh. A little bit farther than that. Yeah. I, so I 10 to be safe. All right. So 10 for math's sake. So you're doing yeah. 10 at 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour, right? It's going to take you 15 to 20 minutes to get to your spot. You don't have that, right? That's when the weather going, turns. Yeah. That's yeah well, that's if you're going balls to the wall. Yeah. You're not doing that in chop. No. I'm, I'm definitely not doing it in the aluminum boat. No. There's been times where I've been in the dead middle of the lake and it's went from I mean, straight glass to, like, four-footers. And I just kind of, like, look out there, and I'm like, wow, I don't know how I'm getting back. Right. It's scary. And I'll be honest, doing – I know going through the checklist seems like, oh, I don't need to do this, right? Because I'll be honest with you. I've done done the fall checklist every single year for the last six years, and I haven't needed to use the emergency plan once. Yeah. I'm going to do it for the next 50, 60 – Hopefully I'm around that long. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm hopefully I never have to use that plan. Yeah. That is the point. Yeah. But I'm always gonna have that plan. Yeah. It's something it's it doesn't take much time at all. Take a day like today where it's blowing ninety miles an hour out of the south and you can't do anything. And just make sure everything's ready. It doesn't take long at all. Nope. Sorry, we got distracted looking out there. I mean, the river's mad. Yeah. But anyway, guys, I want to thank you all again for listening. I hope that you take this and and put it in your back pocket or more so put it on a piece of paper and put it in your boat. Make sure that you guys are taken care of. Make sure that the people that you're taking out on the water are taken care of because you've got to think about that, right? You have your brother-in-law that's never fished before or your wife's cousin that's never fished before and he comes out on the boat and next thing you know, the guy's swimming in the net. Yep. Have a change of clothes for him. Otherwise, you're going to have to deal with the wife. Yeah, it'll save your life. <laughs> <laughs> and, your, and your relationship. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, so anyway, guys, you know the, you know the rule. Tell them, tell them, Louie. Like, share, and subscribe. Going to need you all to like, share, and subscribe to the Hook One Pod. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Tell your girlfriend's cousin. <laughs> everybody you know anyone you know want to thank y'all for tuning in um join us next time we're gonna have a guest coming up soon uh we're waiting to get cody on board we're gonna be talking about some waterfowl hunting and some hand lining i know a lot of guys are looking forward to talking some hand lining and i know a few of you out there are looking forward to talking to some duck hunting yeah so make sure you guys are staying tuned so sorry for the delay in this one the shop's been super busy which is a good thing you haven't been by the shop, 
1285 South Bell River Ave, Marine City, Michigan. Wow. Basically, Hook One headquarters. How do you like that? It is Hook One headquarters. All right, y'all. Tight lines out there. Have a great day. Thank you.